Gentlemen, welcome back. Yeah, what's the score? I'm just wow. <laughs> hey, every every Sunday is a super Sunday. It that's sure is. Super Sunday. <laughs> Right. Yes, that's right, listeners. We are li- we are actually recording this while the Super Bowl is going on. Oh, so if uh, Greg yeah. gets distracted, you know why? It's, it's mm-hmm. Nick's fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we actually got Greg to turn off the TV, but Nick then provided a score update. At which point, Greg I had turned back I was on the being TV. Helpful. You are being helpful. I mean, Just I want to know towards getting the but show I'm, done. But I'm yeah. also trying to be respectful of our process here. You know. Oh, so. I appreciate that. That's good. Yeah. That's the right, consummate yeah, yeah. professional, Greg Lohman. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> With the games today. We're doing good. And, you know, I've, I'm traveling tomorrow. So I, I, I apologize that we had to sh- shift over to Sunday. But I really appreciate you boys uh, accommodating my hectic schedule. I see, of course. Your, uh, I see your lampshade mic stand has been replaced by a bucket mic stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a hotel ice bucket contraption that kind of allows me to... Uh, <laughs> Kind is that of, the uh, uh, the is that the ICB two fifty? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah that, the ICB two fifty. Yeah. It, it holds yeah. uh, it holds about two pounds of ice. Right. Uh, yeah. And it comes with a uh, a plastic bag for sanitary. And it, re- it reflects your nice. midtones perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's well, the, that's it depends the, on how that's the two fifty. The two hundred didn't come with the plastic bag. That was the exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, I right. figured I'd go with the upgrade. Excellent. Good yeah, choice. In the in, in the COVID age, you know, <laughs> post COVID age, I should say. Sure, sure. Um, but so here we are. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you accommodating us on your uh, frenetic travel schedule. Are you Indeed. heading back to the West Coast after this? I am. I am. Uh, yes, back to the West Coast, and then uh, some shows. Very excited about a couple of shows next weekend: Spokane, Washington, and Boise, nice. Idaho. Knitting factory that with the uh, shows, resilient. Uh, Nope, it's with the red knot chili peppers. We want chili peppers. We want chili peppers. We want chili peppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The resilient stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the uh, in the works. Um, you know, we don't talk about it much on the show, but I will say this. I don't know if I've talked about our nonprofit that we've been working on beginning, but we finally got the 501c3 status. Congratulations! Um, wow. yeah, hey, thanks. look at so, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Nonprofit tax status, yeah, well, yeah. More, more, more on that later, and definitely some other uh, exciting, resilient updates. Uh, but I'll save that for another time. Okay. Yeah. Fair so, Nick, how are you? I'm. I am doing. I'm doing very well. This weekend was. I sat. I actually spent a lot of time practicing with brushes this weekend, which was a, oh. which was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Like you doing so, your hair or your? <laughs> no, these are these are uh, these are. Went for the same joke, oh, just man. different yeah. angles. Yeah, watercolors it. mostly. Okay, cool, right. cool. Yeah, yeah. no, no. Uh, um, a gouache. No. Drum, drumstick, drum, jazz, jazz drum brushes. Oh, okay. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that 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 is a very um, specific skill, and it's uh, it's wonderful. It's it's like thinking about rhythms and circles. It's it's so neat. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, it it's is. really cool. Yeah, I, I, I've always appreciated good brushing. Yeah, um, I, I honestly, I put on like this. I put on this video that was, I don't know, I think it was, I think it was released in '89 or '91. You know, somebody uploaded it to YouTube. It's like an hour and twenty minutes. I just sat, just, just, just stir my soup. It was great. Yeah, nice. I'm sure it's meditative and. Um, yeah. You know, just yeah, just it's really cool so- soothing and. Yeah, and you're not like bashing. You can. You're not bothering the neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Right good, good visual imagery. Just uh, Nick alone in his room, stirring his soup for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Just, just playing with brushes on the snare drum. That's it. Nice. Beautiful. Yep. Jay, how about you, Jay? Jay. Yeah. yeah. What's the update? What's the what's the hats? Oh, woof! Crazy weekend. Crazy weekend. We are going to talk about that. Yeah, we are. Um, yeah, we had, uh, and then after Friday night, which was Nick and I's big date night, mm. which we mentioned on the show last time, we're going to yeah. expound upon. Then, uh, you know, it's been all family stuff all weekend. Uh, I feel like I'm just kind of catching my breath now. So happy to be catching up with you guys. Um, What do you say we get this thing started? Let's do it. Greg? Yeah, I'm good. I thought, you were, gonna sure play, I thought you were going to play the theme song. <laughs> no, we need it. We need it. We need a consensus. We need to have a Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Let's go. You should check it out.
Yes, that's right. You are tuned in to You Should Check It Out. Go Chiefs. Um, <laughs> this is episode 184 coming at you on a beautiful Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's about that for some chronological missteps? Great to be here with you. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And we have an awesome show. I think this is going to be a really good show tonight. we got some cool stuff to talk about. Uh, Nick is going to be starting things off uh, talking about our very lovely and romantic date night last Friday. It was wonderful. It was. It was, it was it special. Was, it was, it was special. great. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get the flowers I sent? I did. Thank you. Aww. Yeah, you're welcome. It's you're welcome. Very nice. It's very nice. Yeah. yeah. Thinking of you, buddy. Appreciate uh, it. And Greg's going to be talking about, um, hmm, well, a guy that uh-huh. we like, talking okay. about a band that we're not sure how we all feel about. We're going to talk about it and kind of stepping in the stepping in the mud a little bit. Okay, raise a little a, bit of a, a entering a fray. It, yes, exactly. And we'll be mm-hmm. dipping our toes into said fray tonight. Mm. And I'm oh. going to be talking about a guy that we've talked about before a couple of times, but that I finally just kind of realized that maybe I should pay a little bit more attention to. Huh? So how about that? Okay. Okay. That sounds promising. And right now, my monitor is just freaking out. Gosh. Yeah, something's flashing. Yeah, it's all kinds of it's HDMI cables. Just going on my head. All right. It's weird, man. <laughs> all right, I think we're ready. I think we're good here. Uh, Nick. Yes, sir. You're up first, buddy. What well, you got for us? Uh, first and foremost, can we can we extend an, another uh, thank you to your mom for uh, for <laughs> the Christmas present? Uh, of course. Why am I fake clapping? Yeah. yeah Thank you, right. Debbie Swager, for an excellent Christmas present. Excellent Christmas present. Yeah, you you were received two tickets to see Wynton Marsalis. Yeah. In my, Chambersburg. Yeah, but my mom before Christmas she asked me. She's like, "Is there any chance you'd want to go see Wynton Marsalis?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, of course." Well, he's playing in Chambersburg. <laughs> What? Like, what? <laughs> like the Winton Marcellus or like a Winton Marcellus tribute band or like what's going yeah. on in, in like Chambersburg? Chambersburg? <laughs> She's like, yeah, there's some kind of benefit show or something. I don't know. But I can get tickets for you if you want. I can't go. I'm going to be in Iceland. And she's in Iceland. Oh, Safe okay. travels, mom. She's on her way back home from Iceland. All right. Oh. Um, but anyway, we yeah. had tickets to go see Winton Marcellus in the small borough of Chambersburg. And right. so I extended the opportunity to, to Mr. Klein, and uh, he gratefully accepted. I did, and uh, and we decided we were going to meet at the theater, uh, mm-hmm. which is this lovely little historical historic capital theater uh, right. in downtown Chambersburg. And I was standing outside waiting for you to come up, kind of texted that I had gotten there, and this fancy car pulls up front, and this very very sweet, very very old lady, is kind of getting out of the car, kind of kind of not sure that she wants to get out of the car and <laughs> find in her step and all that stuff. And I make eye contact with her and she said, I'm fine. And, <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's fine. And she said, are okay. you seeing this show? And I said, uh, I sure am. And she said, I saw him in New York. What the hell is he doing in Chambersburg? <laughs> <laughs> and then Jay, and then Jay walked up. And then I walked up. It was yeah. the most bizarre mm-hmm. thing because at the time there was nobody in front of the theater. Like I expected there to be like no parking around there. This is just on a main street in the yeah. middle of a small town in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so we, we walked around the block, got some pizza, got came some back pizza. and, mm-hmm. and uh, entered this theater. I don't know how you, how we want to like describe, do you want to try to describe this, this experience? It's, I mean, it's a, it's an old historic theater. So it's, it's um, yeah. What did you say the capacity was? 850? 850. Yeah. yeah 850. And this show was sold out and got in there and yeah, I mean, it's got the, the grand lobby. Uh, like the entrance lobby with like the where you can go to the right or the left to go up to the mm-hmm. balconies and yeah it just it, it, honestly to me growing up in Hagerstown we have uh, the, the Maryland Theater here which is a really nice old theater as well it kind of reminded me of that um, okay and then then we got our seats we got in our seats <laughs> cozy and the, the holy cow <laughs> I think yeah I think you leaned over and said like they they would be like arrested if they made airline seats this close this is we are packed <laughs> in so tight. It was just I, a good, no... good example of how much we've had, like, physically expanded as a species right. since this is like, <laughs> auditorium well, was built. At, at, at least in this country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah, found our seats and, yeah, didn't have any armrests, but that was okay. Yeah, and then they, and then they, I don't know, man, then they came out 
I, I don't know when when we want to play some audio here because I've kind of just been been, been talking it up thus far. Um, well, but I, I did manage to capture some audio from the mm-hmm. show, even though we weren't supposed to. And I think you did we too, weren't. but we weren't. But you know, what are they going to do? There? But we have a so, podcast, so that's like a, a press we license. Have a yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. Exactly. Hey, you know, it actually funny funny enough the the the, the thing at the very end that they did. Yeah, one of the, yeah. one of the band members tweeted that from backstage. Oh, really? It's a video. Yeah, from backstage. Nice, nice. We'll, we'll get to we'll get to that. Yeah, so yeah. the thing was, I had looked it up on Winton's um, webpage what the show was going to be, and it was something like Arabian Symphonies or something like that. Yeah. But whenever the band came on stage, and it's a sixteen piece, fifteen, fifteen, uh, okay. fifteen or sixteen. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Winton's sitting at the very back. They're all dressed in like dapper suits, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he introduces all the songs and he says, uh, you know, welcome everybody. Thanks for coming out. You know, we want to do something special for you on, uh, it's getting close to Valentine's Day. And uh, we thought no better way to, you know, celebrate Valentine's Day than with the music of one of the champions, Mr. Duke Ellington. Right. So it was an entire evening of just mm-hmm. Duke Ellington music. Yeah. Nice. And he goes, yeah. and this just blew my mind. He's like, all right, so we're going to start things off. We're going to play a little tune called Satin Doll. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Greg, like, what goes on in my mind? Okay, you got 15 of, like, some of the greatest jazz musicians in the country yeah, right now. Right. And they're sitting up there in the middle of Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, in this small little, like, basically a high school auditorium. And well, they're going to play yeah, Satin we'll Doll yeah. straight. Right. Like, this is gonna, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Because where else are you going to hear that? This is, like, the world's greatest Mm-hmm. High school jazz band ever. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it is. It, it's also important to note, Jay, that my segment it's it's a tale from the concert. Oh, it is. You're right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that would that was my point. Like I'm just sitting here watching Wynton Marsalis mm-hmm. and his band of incredible jazz luminaries who could play at any club in New York anytime they want to play satin doll straight. Yeah. This is crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Greg, because mm. here's my point. Like you can't go to a club in New York and see, first of all, a 15 piece jazz orchestra. Mm. There's the village vanguard like Big That's band. a lot that for plays, you in the vanguard, though. Right, but it, but it's like it's it's a thing. Like they have like a jazz orchestra. Will they? Uh, okay. It's, it's okay. uncommon. I, I know exactly what you mean, and it's not Marsalis's orchestra. Right, right, right. I think it, yeah. okay. So maybe yeah, I'm like, a little bit out of touch, but to me, it's just like this is this is crazy. This is cra- yeah. and they just sit there and they play satin right. doll as well as you can play satin doll. Yeah. Well, and, and this orchestra that we're talking about, this is the the jazz at Lincoln Center Orchestra. Right. right. Very high right. level, and, and, extremely. Yeah, they're, they're high level, and they they have like there's like an ethos to the organization, which is education, right? So like, I see. the reading through like all of their bios, like all all of these, every single musician up there has their like masters and doctorate, and they're like teaching at conservatories, and they play on all these you know famous records, and um, so it really is like the cream of the crop. And it, this first song's playing, and yeah, and that's exactly what Jay, you just turned to me, and you're just like, this is so freaking weird, man. It's like the penultimate high school jazz band. <laughs> it's right. Like, it's just weird. Yeah, you know, because Greg, we, well, you, you probably played in college. I played in high school. Yeah, what's what's the what's what's missing here? Go well, ahead. I, no, nothing's missing. I would, but I will add that you know, between the three of us, I've probably had the most experience of being in jazz big bands. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. Um, you know, dating back to high school, and then at University of Maryland with Chris Vidala, rest in peace, and then even in L.A. Uh, playing with Kenny Schroyer's band, which is like a pickup band, but you know, it's, it's, it's fun, fun, fun bunch. Anyway, um, Satin Doll is jazz 101. I mean, it's kind of like when you decide, hey, I want to try to learn jazz, that's what your like music right. teacher will pull out. It's a very simple song, but I, I'm sure that this or this Duke Ellington arrangement is. It, you know, complex and rich harmony and, you know, and cool stuff. Oh, yeah. But it's not, it, it, yeah, of course it's beautiful, but it's a very simple melody. And, 
that must have I, I get, totally get what you're saying. I, I'm trying to think of an equivalent. It's kind of like it, it, it's like shooting That's a mosquito with a bazooka or something. It, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I think my other phrase yeah, yeah, yeah. to you, Nick, was like these are like a bunch of Ferraris sitting in like second gear. Yeah, you just said yeah. they're all like they're all <laughs> up there just in second gear, like just right. killing it, just because they're just. They could just do the stuff in their sleep. This is just, yeah. and also that that he swapped the con the entire concert out. Like they they must just have five or six different concerts that they can pull out of their hat at any point in time. Right, right. Um, yeah, but it, they didn't just play Satin Doll. I, after that, they went into a bunch of kind of unknown and obscure Duke Ellington classics, and and my God, it was just cool. beautiful. Yeah, I mean, and the one that yeah, I, I mean, did capture yeah. some audio from Nick, if you'll allow me to play during your please, segment. Yeah, yeah, you don't mind. This is from a suite that uh, Duke Ellington composed for Ella Fitzgerald. And yeah. um, it's a four-part suite, and in between each one, Duke actually has like a little narrative that he uses to describe the piece of music that he's playing. This is from part three of this suite, and I just happened to catch, um, it's like the end of this clarinet solo going into Winton's, just just blowing. So this is pretty, this is, this is Winton. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Freaking right, man. It sounded incredible. It was tight. It Nick, was tight. I want to get you some of your thoughts from the show. What were some of your takeaways, man? I just was watching the the drummer uh, Obed Calvert. He is just like every it, it just it, just watching him and the the sixteen different ways he would hit a cymbal with a stick and all of them <laughs> like absolutely perfect technique. It just it just took me back to taking lessons in, in college. Uh, just yeah. just all the different. All the different, you know, watching watching like the instructor play, um, and and just th their form just being perfect. And he was just second gear is absolutely right. Like none of them broke a modicum of a sweat. Um, this was, it, 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 but but also it was so it, it, there was nothing lost, and it wasn't simplistic, and it wasn't that they were toning it down. It was just it was just an incredible group of musicians, just just giving you, I, I, honestly, the the first song started playing um, and I just looked around because we were there were there were a couple kids a couple rows behind us some young kids that were in a band mm -hmm. or something other than that this was octogenarians like this was this right. crowd was packed with elder old people and this probably was like the heyday of their like teenage years you know what I mean like this is <laughs> yeah. like that 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 crowd they were probably like middle schoolers when this stuff was coming out, you know, yeah. when like Duke was yeah. putting this stuff out. So to sit and listen to like a true version of, of what, because that's one thing that Winton does bring is like he is pure to the re respecting like the history. Of, oh, yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of uh, I mean, jazz. he is like, you know, when you watch like the Ken Burns jazz doc, yep. I mean, he's like kind of the most, you know, he's the guy. He may as well mm -hmm. be the MC of that thing, you know. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yep. Um, well, that's rad. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. It was, it was, it was incredible. Really cool. It was incredible, and and you know most of the Ellington tunes I didn't know at all. There was one called what was it, Ape and Peacock? That one yeah, was cool. Uh, yeah, Apes and Peacocks. Yep. 
Yeah, it was like this, yeah. like, they had this bass breakdown and drum, this crazy kind of like Afro, Afro drum beat. It was really, really neat. He did a great job, played, they played two sets, they brought the house down. But the coolest part, I don't know, for me, was, you know, we give them a, a standing ovation after uh-huh. their second set. And the whole band shuffles off, except for the uh, the piano player and the drummer. Well, the, drummer the, bass, the bass player bass. never stopped playing. The bass okay. player, even even when the applause and they were taking their bows, he even oh, bowed see. with his bass, but he kept playing. And then the piano player started joining in, and the drummer, who was still like taking his accolades, started hitting with his left hand and then yeah. sat down. And then they just started grooving. And you you made the comment like, "Oh, they got their own exit music." Yeah, yeah, right. it was. Yeah. <laughs> and and that was that was bopping. It was cool, and like half the audience kind of like filtered out, and then mm-hmm. Winton came back on stage. Oh boy. And just started blowing over these like real simple like blues changes. But man, it was such that was probably my favorite part of the entire evening. Hell yeah. It was just, yeah. You know, half the audience you had could gone. Stand up. And, like, it was it was Nosmo King was the song they were playing, apparently. Okay. Um, which is a Winton song. Um and it, it, no, it was super cool because it it, it it actually then kind of felt like you actually felt like you were because like we were standing up and the people had kind of already cleared a little bit, so you could move around a little bit and yeah, that was that was the nicest, nicest part, being able to just feel it. Yeah, man. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's rad, man. I'm glad you guys got to go and, uh, you know, enjoy some live music. Heck yeah. Um, you know, this is something that was taken away from us for a while, you know, and now it's back, and even the elderly are showing up, so that's a good sign. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. some old people. I meant you guys, but, you know. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> all right, all right. But uh, no, when Winton is, um, y- you know, <laughs> I- I've uh, I've had kind of a shifting perspective on him because okay. when when I first got hip to Winton, you know, I was like, okay, this guy's like really good jazz musician, yeah. right? And then I yeah. read Miles's uh, autobiography, uh-huh. and he says a lot of bad stuff about Winton. <laughs> But that's Miles, you know. He says it's a lot Miles. of bad stuff about like Charles Mingus, and you know, he, <laughs> he says yeah. he says a lot of bad stuff about a lot of great people. Yeah. Um, but then the Ken Burns thing came out, and Winton is a little bit like kind of a know-it-all uh, at times. Yeah, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. But at the same time, like you need that like representative, that like enthusiastic younger generation being like, yeah. oh man, because you know he's like the Neil deGrasse Tyson of jazz Trump. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I think that's dude. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is on the money because yeah. we were having this conversation outside the outside the theater afterwards. Like when we were growing up, like Wynton Marsalis was jazz trumpet. Like you had Dizzy Gillespie. I'd heard of mm-hmm. him and like mm-hmm. Miles Davis. But Wynton Marsalis was on Sesame Street. Yeah. You know, and he was right. in the jet like Ken Bur- like he was jazz. He, he is jazz music for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, that's not for nothing. And I think mm-hmm. he does a really good job at being an ambassador for the music. And yeah, hey, you know, when you when your presence is that large for a music style that's so, I don't know, prides itself on being, you got to be in the know a little bit. Yeah. You know yeah. how jazz is. When you got yeah. somebody out there that's, that's really trumpeting, for lack of a better right, word, right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I can see how he can kind of yeah. be seen as like, you know. Yeah. He well, likes to toot his own horn. Sorry. Hey, exactly. It's, hey. And it's that it's that tug and pull of of the like, you know, jazz is like what you're feeling, and it's it's always changing, versus those that like find a period that they want to that they want to point to and say, no, no, that's that's what we need to keep playing and respect. And no, so he's I, just of that camp. Like this yeah. is and this is this. There's there's all sorts of side Twitter conversations between artists like that, where where they're like, you know, like the guy who's like yelling at Glasper about about yeah, his side projects and yeah. But yeah, it's it's it, it it the guy's the guy's fascinating, and I've I've actually been reading a good bit about him, um, just 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 because he has always been around. Um, and I'm not going to get into that tonight because I think that's that, that was a, that was a good recap. But um, right on. but it was very well, cool, very cool know, to see him. There's actually a Duke Ellington orchestra that travels around, oh, yeah. and okay. uh, and a friend of mine, this cat Morgan Price, is actually uh, one of the lead uh, saxophonists and. And clarinet, I believe he plays. He he, he kind of doubles up on a few mm-hmm. things, but he, he's always posting, you know, great videos of his playing. Shout out to Morgan. He's he's a he's a great player and a really great guy. And um, 
anyway, uh, but that that reminded me of of that that orchestra that he gets to tour, he he tours around um, the world with them, you know, doing nice. the Duke Ellington thing. Um, mm-hmm. and so it's great that Winton would pay homage to that because Duke Ellington, I mean, he was one of Zappa's huge inspirations as well, if I recall. In the sure. real yeah, Zappa sure. book, he talks and about as that. prolific, yeah, yes, and also from DC. So yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. So I always uh, do my part to forward along the the knowledge. You know, I always loved um, you know certain certain tunes of his. You know, including Satin Doll. You know, kind of informed me what j- jazz is and how it works on a you know on the on yeah. a more simple level. Because you know, I was trying to play like Pat Metheny, but you can't start there. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you got to start at the at the beginning if you if you have, yeah. if you want any any hope of. Uh, you know, of understanding what that music is about. And it's, it never ends, you know, it's, you're, we're all still searching for it. And it sounds like Winton's still searching for it, which, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. we had a couple a cool, cool comments on that too. He, uh, he said, you know, when a lot of people think of Duke Ellington, they just assume the war period, it's going to sound like big band. You got an idea in your head of what a Duke Ellington song is going to sound like, but check this out. And that's when he played that apes, apes and peacocks song. Yeah. And I'd never heard anything like that before. Right. Duke's yeah. range was all over the place. We're all yes. kinds of stuff. Yeah, and he and, yeah, he, I, I, and he had a lot of great musicians in his band, mm, and mm-hmm. like Max Roach he, and and Mingus. He, yeah. he, he can elaborate Mingus, with those yeah. guys. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, Nick. Go yeah. ahead. No, no, no. I just, I didn't I didn't I I did. I always forget how prolific Ellen, Duke Ellington was. Um, yeah. He had he had something like what was the number? Jay? It was like He's, 80, 80 individual said records. That he had eight hundred albums. <laughs> was, <laughs> what, no, I think it was. Uh, I think it was eight hundred. Was it? Was it albums? I swear that's what he said. Performed <laughs> yeah, on or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just a lot. It's quite a lot. busy. Um, and like the number of pieces that he wrote was also some mind staggering number. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's very cool. So. Right on, boys. Well. Yeah. Again, right. glad, again, glad you had uh, you had your date night. Yeah. yeah. It was very sweet. That Aww. was great. And you know, just <laughs> in time for Valentine's Day. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, and, and this he played is, this, our music. This is kind of our. <laughs> this is our Valentine's Day episode. That's sure true. is. That's true. Yeah. yeah, technically. No, you can feel that, right? That's how we celebrate. That's how we celebrate. All, All right, right Gregorius, what you got hey, for us, buddy? Gregorius. Well, I'll start out with with some music right away, and I'll kind of dovetail into a topic. Um, but this choice actually, it came to me after I'd worked out my topic, <laughs> so I'm going to kind of. Uh, we'll see how seamlessly I can kind of get into it, but let's just start fresh. <laughs> Although this is this is kind of a jazz influence, cat. Uh, this is Michael Leonhardt and the Abraham Seven. I think that's the name of the band. This is off a record that I thought was really cool that my buddy Will Rass played me about a, probably a decade ago. This is Seahorse and the Storyteller. <laughs> stuff oh, right I never heard that before that is awesome dude wow. nobody's heard that i mean i looked at first of all i went to go find it on streaming and it was very difficult to find i was like what was that guy's wow. name again yeah, da, da, da. and i finally found it <laughs> and when i did all the tracks are like out of order so like 
when you click Seahorse and the Storyteller on Spotify or Tidal, it plays a different track. Uh-huh. Like like they got uploaded wrong. Oh no! <laughs> it's all it's all wow. one track off. I swear because like I, there's a song on that record called uh, "Have You Met Martina," and I, I, it's been again a long time since I've heard this. And I was like, this isn't this isn't the same. Time. And then I click the next song. And it's like, "Have You Met Martina?" And I'm like, this this is all out of sync. This is all. So That's crazy. I might email him and tell him. I might email this cat because see if I'll come on the show. I went on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I, perhaps, hey, perhaps I went on YouTube. This is this is three hundred views. Really, that's such a cool 300. song. Three hundred, not such like a cool song, dude. <laughs> dude, and the whole record is cool, man. And so when I got hip to this, I remember hearing, "Oh, this guy plays trumpet in Steely Dan." Mm. Oh, really? That's what this guy's known for. Huh. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. So he's like, you know, an active, you know, he's New York based, heavy trumpet player. Which, by the way, you get in, if you were if we had, could have rolled that clip a little longer, you'll hear some really cool trumpet stuff. Cool. Like, now, my topic today Uh-oh. is a little bit of a, a Twitter debate that happened when Uh-oh. producer Steve Albini, huh. a punk rock guy that you've probably heard of, he's a producer, sure. musician. Probably most known for recording in utero, mm-hmm. sure. the Nirvana album, mm-hmm. and kind of famously being picked to record in utero by Nirvana, by Kurt Cobain, despite the fact that the record label definitely did not want this guy doing <laughs> right. it. Right. <laughs> uh, because he is very, very punk rock. Caustic. Yeah. And yeah, so... There's people who are like you know kind of worship this guy's ethos because you know they'll say things like, well, you know, he really knows what he's doing with microphones. He does, you know, which I, I don't debate that. Um, I'm not an engineer. I don't pretend to call myself an engineer, but that's the consensus. The guy that um, we that in the, Nick in the biz. that Nick and I went to our recording professor, yeah, at, at school was the Steve Albini acolyte. Yes. And like basically day one, he's like, oh, just go listen to anything Steve Albini and be yep. yeah, recorded and you're going to be fine. <clears throat> That's basically what just, just, just do what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you might be like, well, what does that have to do with Steely Dan? What does that have to do with Michael Leonhardt? What does that have to do with anything? Sure. Well, That's what I'm asking. Steve Albini went on, he went on Twitter. Oh boy. And wrote, <laughs> I will always be the kind of punk that shits on Steely Dan. Oh. And this got 10,000 likes yeah he he proceeded to go on and on and you know just mocking how they would you know spend three weeks on a guitar solo um like what a waste of time the amount of human effort wasted to sound like an snl band warm-up <laughs> he really he, i don't know what his yeah, yeah. something got under Actually, i think one of my favorite Two types of perfectionist. One will prepare, revise, and rehearse carefully with intent, honing an idea to a keen edge, ready to cut the cloth of execution. The other makes other people responsible by saying, do it again until by chance they are satisfied, then take credit. (laughs) Another quote, there's some video where they talk about every song on an album and each one begins with the not bald one saying, this song is based on my deep love of the blues. Just a very bluesy blues. Deep blues. Then... Lays his jazz dork hands on the f***ing electric piano. <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. Jazzy dork and, hands. Um, but there was a little bit of a backlash. You, you had Really? Like, like St. Vincent replied saying, I love Steely yeah. Dan. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely uh, Kurt Rosenwinkel chimed in like, Steely Dan rules. Yeah, so, so some other people, you know, kind of, and some mocking him, being like, uh, "You're a six-year-old poker player now, okay? You're like <laughs> as boomer right. as they get. <laughs> you know, you're more Steely Dan than punk rock now. You know, you know." So, let's talk a little bit about the Dan. Oh, the Dan. We're talking the about Dan. the Dan. Now, okay. I'm, I'm saying, I'm calling him the Dan as a joke. I'm mm-hmm. not a. I'll I'll admit I I know a little a, bit about Steely Dan. I know enough to talk about him. That's a deep sure. cut Reno nine one one joke. Which one? The Dan? Yeah, the Dan. I've been following the Dan on tour. Oh, nice. you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good episode. Yeah. Well, that's what the that's what the hardcore fans call Steely sure, Dan, right? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I would tell I would be able to tell you more 
people who are in that lineup than songs. <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? <laughs> sure. Uh, like, yeah. And definitely more that than records. I, like the, for some reason, anytime I hear the name of a Steely Dan record, I'm like, that's a terrible name for an album. <laughs> Pretzel Logic, Gaucho. I'm just like, who wants to listen to something called that? Anyway. Um, but they did. They are there are some special Steely Dan moments. I'm going to start by playing a. Uh, well, I'm not going to start it because I already started. But uh, I think we should play one Steely Dan clip. Okay, let's do it. And then we can discuss a little bit more about the Dan. So this is a particularly prolific moment on the song Asia. Mm. Yeah. This is the kind of the outro. Check this out. Yeah. Steve Gadd on drums. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, I'll listen to that all day. <laughs> so, f- funny enough, I was actually just watching a Steve Lukather interview on uh, Rick Beato, and he was telling the story about that session that he heard from some of the cats that were in the studio that day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Steve Gadd showed up like four hours late, like definitely had partied too hard the night before, <laughs> stumbled in, put the chart up, and that is the take, like first take. Ooh-hoo. So whatever Steve Albini's talking about... You know, about like uh, take after take after take. It's not the case every time with the Dan. Or not with all um, of their, their guest instruments. Yeah, or, or instrumentals. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, it's so, all right. I, I, I'm curious because, you know, as I was thinking about that, I was like, I don't, we haven't, we've mentioned Steely Dan and Steve Albini on the show, but we haven't talked about Steely Dan that much. So I'll start with you, Jay. Oh. Your thoughts. <laughs> about the Dan or uh, Steve Albini's take or both? Kind of, yeah, sort of, you know, uh, do you think he's right? I mean, what's... All right, so here's the thing. Steve Albini is a hero of mine for the reasons that I mentioned. Like, he is an absolute genius with studio craft, microphone technique. I love his approach. I have studied his... He has a series of really, really great instructional videos on YouTube that are just fantastic, not only from... Like they're interesting to listen to and watch, but they're the guy really knows what he's talking about. And not just Mm -hmm. like this is a microphone that sounds great. Like he'll tell you why that microphone sounds great, because Mm -hmm. they're using this transformer and this, you know, the phase shift and all that stuff. Like he knows his stuff and he has built his legacy on nothing more than punk rock, you know, and built it from the ground up. And he would be happy to do nothing more than make music if, you know, just make enough money to get by like he's never been in it for the cash i love the guy because he's like you said i love his ethos mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i also <laughs> i also am a guy who used to hate steely dan like ah, really hate really? steely dan yeah okay because their music when? reminded me of music that i'd hear in the dentist office like right. it sounded like soft jazz and i hate soft jazz like i hate mm. soft jazz with a passion right and That's until I, I i so i i understand like the things that he's saying sound like 15 or 16 year old me talking about steely dan ah but i'm sorry here steve you're just wrong because <laughs> we okay. all grow we grow as human beings yeah and i'm i'm man enough to admit that i was wrong about steely dan and they're a fantastic band, and they're one of my creative inspirations. As much, Steve Albini, as you are one of my creative inspirations. And you, you're just wrong on this one. Like, yeah, their music might not be to your taste, and they might not record the way that you record. In fact, they definitely don't record the way that you record. But you can't say that their albums don't sound fantastic. And you can't say that they're not creative musicians that are doing something challenging and, like, working outside the bounds of 
you know, what was rock music at the time and still creating hits that people listen to on the radio. I know, Steve, you don't care about that, but I mean, that's impressive to me that a jazz rock orchestra was able to have as many hits as they did. Yeah. I love Steely Dan now. And it took me a lo- it took me probably 20 years to get to that point. No lie. Cause I just thought they were really kind of gay. Did you not like no this song? Cause we, I, we, I remember, we used to listen to this a lot. No, like in college. No. Park. I, if I did, it was, it was with, Oh yeah, this is this album that audiophiles are supposed to like, but Asia, I could never make it to the outro because the beginning of it just sounded so schlocky and dumb. And it still kind of does. But once you kind of unpack the onions a little bit, mm-hmm. you see the brilliance that's going on inside there. And the lyrics are great. And the, just the whole production is fantastic. And it's really good. <laughs> that's, that's my take. Well, Steve, you're wrong on this one, man. Sorry. Well, he, he, he does uh, have a counter for you because <laughs> he, he put up like 20 tweets mm. about this. And one of them is, all you, all you I used to hate them people pleading their case <laughs> like it's a natural infirmity. I need readers now. Take pills for my prostate. Get winded on the stairs. And, oh, I like that cocaine <laughs> sh- music now. Not just Boss Gags either. So, <laughs> so he's prepared to hear that. Hey, t- Touche. You know what? That's his response. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Call a spade a spade. Anyway. You got me, Steve. Well, hey, you're too, you're too cool case. for school, man. You're too cool. Right. Too right, cool right. for school. I get it. This is this is his ethos. <laughs> right. He's, yeah, he sticks to his guns. You got unapologetically Nick, himself. Hmm? Nick, I, I want to know what you think. What you, your thoughts? I that was that was eloquently uh, articulated. Uh, yeah. No, I've I've always been a fan of Steely Dan. Um, yeah. And and I he was, he was going crazy during that clip. By the way, Nick was doing the air drums. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Oh, you know, that, like, yeah, he, he that, knew no, what was that, coming, you know. That, oh yeah, that no, that I love that. I love that Steve Gadd, uh, oh, yeah. uh, especially that outro right, right there when he when he goes into that bump 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 like on the Ryan Subble. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's very. No, cool. I would, I would, yeah, I love, I love playing that too. It's, oh, it's so much fun. Yeah, I, I, I remember. Well, I mean, I think we've even told this story, Jake, because it was a, it was a Beck song. We, Doctor Cherry, would allow us to bring in a piece of music to discuss. Yeah. Recording techniques utilized. Sure. And um, I was still enjoying uh, Midnight Vultures, uh, which had come out, I think, the year before, um, mm-hmm. the, the December, December 99, I think it was. Um, it's a great record. And, yeah, yeah, awesome. And, and he, he was just, he despised it. And, and, he, and I remember him saying, <laughs> uh, like, ugh, ugh, oh, this is horrible. I don't even want to talk about this. Reminds me of Steely Dan. And that's when I was like, wait, you don't like Steely Dan? <laughs> and, he's like, and he explained why and he explained because like the amount of like they just over overdid it and they would just like 50 times to get like a take right and and i remember thinking like oh god that is that's exactly how i am <laughs> just, <laughs> just keep you just would, keep you, just do it again do it again so i kind of identify like in that in their music the the, the perfectionism which which i'm sure for you know the one thing the one thing i remember uh, growing up, because Dad would even toss this in, so I, I do feel like this has always been in the in in the in the rock ethos. Is uh, yeah, yeah, but they can't do it on stage, and, and th- that's I don't know if that's true or not. That's I think they have actually absolutely not true. I don't. That's think. not true. Not true. Okay. Um, so I think that that I think their arrogance maybe um, set them up to to not have as many friends in the in the industry, and and, and maybe that's why there's some. Just general bitterness in general towards. I, I think Dan. that's probably very true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, Greg, what about you? Where do you stand on the Dan? Yeah, it's a moving target. I can see both sides of it. You know, when when I, when I hear, you, you know, that that a band needed that many takes, it's like, did you squash the original magic? You know. Mm. Now, I like um, the earlier Steely Dan the most personally. Really, I I think I love like reeling in the years, mm-hmm. and I you know and like dirty work, and do it again. You know, the, yeah. those songs to me like really kind of hit something. It's like this, it's like a cool version of yacht rock or something. You know, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um, and you know I, I can get down with some stuff on Asia, and I respect it. It does. I never really connected with them like on the uh, like the vocalist level. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
know, I appreciate the harmony. But when, you know, when they talk about how they're jazz, it's like, I don't know, man. It's just like you're you're just playing sophisticated chords. That doesn't make it jazz to yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's improvised, but you're doing take after take after take, unless you're in the case of Steve Gatt. So it's a, it's a complicated uh, band. I just, but I'm definitely not a like devotee. There are people that I respect very much that are, and so I respect them kind of vicariously through them. But I also kind of hate on them vicariously through others. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it's very it's it's kind of rare. Like they, they kind of they they kind of occupy this little space this in my zone. musical yeah where I just don't really know how to feel about them. And ultimately, that's gonna kind of make me not like them because huh. you know what I mean. Like. I usually know if I like something. And I will say that over the years, I have appreciated them more. However, I still don't love them. I, and I still don't like, I, I'm never like, oh, you know what? I really want to listen to Steely Dan right now. Like never. And it does, doesn't happen. I wish it would because they have a lot of stuff. And if I did feel that way about them, I'd get to kind of go on that ride. But I just don't. I mean, have you, and, gone, uh, have you gone through all of it? Like, have you... No, because I try, I start to and I get bored and I yeah you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah no I, I can't However, I can't say that I'm passionate about the band so it doesn't right like this but is just all, funny Albini's just funny. it is it's yeah. very funny and you know so I'll can I play one last clip though because this is kind of one of my favorite uh, Steely Dan moments oh, they, they, they brought in they had a lot of great guitar moments this is a clip from a song called Kid Charlemagne yeah, yeah. Um, also off you know this tune. I don't think it. This was is on another no, record. No, it's not. You're right. Terrible you're right, you're title. Right, you're right. It's on like yeah. the, the grand the royal scam. The royal okay. scam. Yeah, with this horrible album art. Anyway, um, so that's part of it too. Is like this is like their aesthetic just confuses me. And uh, but uh, this guitar solo is pretty yeah. That uh, that cover that Asia album. That's that's not a classic at all. That's, I do no okay that one I like but it has nothing there's no cohesive a lot of the other ones I just don't get right. anyway this is this is Kid Charlemagne with Larry Carlton Ooh. playing some pretty hip uh, guitar lines here check this out. It's the ending of that, the way he brings it home. He resolves that stuff beautifully. I I have a funny funny Larry Carlton story, uh, kind of an L.A. thing that happened Uh where I I haven't played many jazz gigs in L.A. since I got there. But I did play one at the Culver Hotel. It's a historic building, like used to be owned by Charlie Chaplin. Lost it in a poker game to John Wayne. Oh, <laughs> crazy! Yeah, and it's like where it's it's also where like all the uh, munchkins from the Wizard of Oz stayed. Oh yeah, uh, when they between filming and like they'd never seen other like other little people. Wow! And they like went crazy wow. and had like mid- midget orgies and stuff. <laughs> what anyway, the yeah, yeah. hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What so the anyway, hell? yeah, it's Dude, weird. LA is a weird place, man. I know. Damn that. This is all. This is all related to Steely Dan. Um, <laughs> they had a song about that. Yeah. So um, anytime midget orgies come up, you just yeah, right. This is all. I mean, this is hearsay, but some. I mean, I think it's all true. I'll take it. Um, okay. But what happened was, so I was playing in the in the lobby of this hotel, 
And uh, the bass player showed up. He was a friend of the drummer's, and his name is Travis Carlton, Larry's son. Oh, no shit. And uh, this, guy play, this guy is an awesome bass player, and he is the bass player for Larry, his dad. Wow. He also plays for uh, Scott Henderson. Okay. This, like, fusion guy. Anyway, so we're playing the set, and then uh, we take a break, and this one guy who's, like, kind of, you know, having some cocktails, he comes over, he's like, hey, you guys sound, sound great, you know, and you got that red ES-335 talking to me, and he's like, it reminds me of Larry Carlton, and I'm like, oh, red, you know, I didn't, nobody says anything about how his son is the bassist, right? And he's like, you guys know any, like, Larry Carlton tunes, or maybe, like, some, some Scott Henderson, and we were like... Yeah, maybe we'll talk about it, you know. And then we like get we go outside to like have a smoke, and Travis is like, "Man, I know sets of Larry Carlton." <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like we just imagine like we come back and like play like an entire set yeah. of Larry Carlton songs. <laughs> anyway, I, I, we had a laugh. That's great. Good guy, That's man. Great. Good guy. I, cool. I, I still have never seen Larry play in person, but uh, mm. I think he still got it. it. Oh yeah. yeah. All right, I've taken up a lot of time. No, that's great. But uh, but thank you guys. And you know, listen, it's a it'll be an ongoing debate. No, n- nobody won. Nobody wins. No, in these debates, no, no. they're just fun. They're I, just I don't fun. think the, I don't think any of us are going to go out on a limb for Steely Dan. But I definitely, or Steve I think, Albini. Not anymore. Maybe. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but he does this stuff nah. all the time. He's, no, he does, I will. He, he does something no, like this crawl. He pokes. The, no he big pokes surprise. <clears throat> yeah, no big surprise. And, and I can see why he wants to be. Like, if anybody's going to represent the opposite of Steve Albini, it's Steely Dan. Yes, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah. I think that that's, that's the consensus is, like, now we know where, like, mm-hmm. that's the spectrum. Mm-hmm. One end of it is There's Steve Albini. Albini. The other one is Steely Dan. Steely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, everything else is in the middle. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Cool. That's my topic. Cool. Awesome. Jerome. Well, yes, sir. I'm going to start us off with some music. And this is by a guy named Common. And this is uh, not the kind of music I typically play. This is some hip-hop from Sweet. Uh, late 90s. Okay. This is a song called The Light. Check it. Okay. Never knew a la 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 a la like this. Gotta be something for me to write this. Queen, I ain't seen you in a minute. Wrote this letter and finally decided to send it. Signed, sealed, delivered for us to grow together. Love has no limit. Let's spin a slow forever. I know your heart is weathered by what studs did to you. I ain't gon' saw them cause I probably did it too. Because of you feelings I handle with care. Some niggas recognize your life, but they can't handle the glare. You know I ain't the type to walk around with matching shirts A relationship is effort, I will match your work I wanna be the one to make you happiest and hurt you the most They say the end is near, it's important that we close To the most high, regardless of what happened on him, let's rely So that was a that was a pretty big hit for Common in the uh, the late '90s. Like I said, that was that was produced by a guy that we have pr- talked about a couple times, thanks to Mr. Greg on the podcast before, a guy named Jay Dilla. Yeah, yep. I got this song in my head because I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately. Okay, and I got I got on this I got in this channel that just sent me down this huge hip hop rabbit hole, and I want to tell you about it. But first, I want to play you the sample that uh, Jay Dilla found for that song. Okay. And, uh, you know, Jay Dilla is, he's renowned as a producer, was renowned as a producer for a lot of reasons, you know, kind of introducing a no, new style of, of hip-hop. But one of the things he was most renowned for was being able to, like, really dig through the crates and find really obscure samples from yeah. a lot of different yeah. sources, mm-hmm. stuff that you never heard before, slowing them down, repitching them, chopping mm-hmm. them up. And this is a good example of that. This that is a sample from a guy named Bobby Caldwell. Okay. Never heard of him. 
Uh, it's off his album called Cat in the Hat, and the name of the song is called Open Your Eyes. Check this out. Mm. My, me, is that Steely Dan? It could have been, you know. <laughs> speaking of Steely right. Dan, <laughs> I don't know what possesses a guy like Jay Dilla to sit through an entire album of Bobby Caldwell stuff to find that one sample and say that's 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 the one that's going to be a hit for Common. Like, I mean, that I, yeah, he that's that's just has an ear, man. Uh, that's his ear. My goodness. So, long story short, the YouTube channel that I found. It's called Digging the Greats, kind of like Digging the Crates. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, made and hosted by this guy, Brandon Shaw. And this guy used to play bass for Nas. Cool. And um, right. really super talented guy, great, great kind of arranger. He breaks down these songs and shows you how, you know, which samples they took, how they constructed them. And he's just, like, over the past few months, he's kind of constructed this whole narrative over his videos of, like, how Jay Dilla and Questlove basically made this entire genre of hip hop in the late '90s, and it's all—it turns out to be all the hip hop that I really like, hmm. you know. And I, I know Greg, you've mentioned it before in the past. Like this is the kind of stuff that you're into too. Guys like D'Angelo and that uh, that Voodoo album. This is sure. all from from that era. And for me, as a guy who you know grew up in rural Pennsylvania and wasn't exposed to hip hop at a young age. You know, I only knew the big stuff. So to get exposed, like to finally get like kind of the history and the backstory on some of this stuff in a really approachable mm-hmm. way that makes sense to me is like, in a, a you know, a musician is so cool. And I've just yeah. been, you know, just doing nothing but listening to these, these, these albums um, over the past that's, couple of weeks, really cool, been enjoying man. it. The whole story of the soul Quarians is just such a cool story it basically centers around quest love you know finding he gets past a tape of d'angelo at the source awards in like 96 okay. and they eventually decide to meet up and they meet in electrics lady studio and he's going to produce quest love's going to produce um d'angelo's album voodoo the album that would become voodoo but he's also working on the roots album things fall apart mm-hmm. which is another fantastic album mm-hmm. um but they're playing their the roots are down in Philly recording their album. So Questlove is like, well, why don't we come up to why don't you guys come up to New York? And so then you have the roots and D'Angelo and Questlove brings in Jay Dilla to do some recording. They have mm-hmm. guys like Pino Palladino. So you have like this collective of these incredible, incredible musicians called the Soulquarians. Common, James Boiser, Q Tip, Mosdef, Erica Badu, Talib Kweli all in the same studio at the same time, basically working on this set of four albums in different studios. And they're just passing songs back and forth to each other. And it, it, there's like a vibe from mm-hmm. these four albums that is created by basically Jay Dilla coming up with these great beats and samples and, you know, Questlove and The Roots playing live on some of the, the tracks. And it's just brilliant stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah, sure is, man. And he's got so many great stories, but one of them I wanted to share was from Erica Badu. And uh, her album that came out around this same time is called uh, Mama's Gun. It came out in 2000. She wanted Jay Dilla to produce one of her songs or a couple of her songs. And so he's like, yeah, come over, come over to my studio. And he like, takes her down to the basement where she's got just walls of just records. And he plays, you know, some of the beats that he has, like ready to go and she's not really feeling any of them and uh so he's like 
you know, I tell you what. And he just goes over. The story is he goes over to his wall of records and just grabs a handful of them, like 10 or 12 records at random, hands them to Erica and says, pick one and I'll make a song from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so she takes the afternoon. She listens to them and she finds this one, this uh, song from this album, this jazz fusion group called Tarika Blue, called Dreamflower. And it sounds like this. So she's like, I, I kind of like the groove of that. That's pretty, that's pretty neat. So he's like, all right. So he takes, and she, he does this in real time, like in front of her. So he shows her how he takes the sample from that, cuts it up, repitches it, slows it down, and then starts programming drums over top of it. And by the end of that afternoon, has a song that becomes like a top five hit for Erica Badu called Don't You Know. <laughs> that's wow. this song. magical stuff so anyway this that that channel will take hours off your life but in the best way possible um just because he is able to just go through and says oh this is this sample and this is how he chopped that up and and a a lot of this is is around this the release of this new book that greg i don't know if you've read or not but it's called dilla time no i think i've heard i've heard a little bit about it yeah uh... it just came out um i'm definitely gonna at least listen to it in audio format. Um, but it talks about what a genius this guy was, and uh, it's getting a lot of press these days. So I think that's right. why these things it's, are bubbling up. I mean, up this is time. all like, this, it's not like Questlove wrote it, but, you know, he's kind of, he, he's sort of like uh, the Wynton Marsalis of hip-hop. Yeah, he is. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Right. See, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah actually, buddy. that was going to be my contribution. Yeah, well absolutely. done. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so, yeah, but it's, it's like, uh, yeah, just this, like, uh, gatekeeper almost uh yeah, and bring and brings people together too just, just I, yeah. Myself, yeah. I really didn't know how much of a hand he had in so much of this the the soulquarians thing and how big of a deal that was like and how interchangeable all those parts were between all those different groups really cool yeah. to learn about and he just did the the 50 year uh celebrate he arranged all the celebration for the grammys last week that's right that's right yeah anyway been right on. digging on that it's so cool. encourage you guys to check that out that's and, awesome. Uh, that's all I got. Thanks, dude. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Well, I hear that the Chiefs have edged out the Eagles. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, man. You're in Philly. I'm, Be careful. I am in Philly. Yeah, I hope you're wearing red. I, you're wearing red. <laughs> I'm wearing Stay indoors. I wasn't wearing red all day. I was kind of neutral, but uh, I was at a mall earlier, and uh, somebody was walking around in, in a Mahomes jersey, and I was like... <sighs> Oh, you got brave balls, dude. Man. Yeah. Well, it was it was a lady, so. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Yeah, I was the lady. lady. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, cool, oh, cool, man. But yeah, you know, listen, I, I, I do love the city of Philadelphia, but I hate the Eagles. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well uh, before the the encroaching mob burns down to your hotel, uh, Greg, mm-hmm. and while we still have internet, uh, make sure we uh, tell the fine folks how to get in touch with us, should they choose to do so. Please, sir. You can find us online at youshouldcheckitout.com. Send us an email at ysciopodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at shouldcheck. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts are heard. Go leave a review. And as always, tell a friend, you should check it out. Well played. Well played. Yeah. Mm. That's all right, right, boys. Well, unless we got anything else to uh, to wrap up with, I think that's it for this week. And yeah. uh, we'll see you back here next week. How about it? Beautiful. Yeah, man. Have a good Have one. Have a great one. Cool, cool. Happy Valentine's Day. Peace. Yep. <laughs> for you lovers out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs>